Hello guys, welcome to our show. Today we discuss about mastering entity SEO, how you can improve your skills because SEO is complex today, but you can do it if you have the right approach. I'm so excited to discuss this topic with Nick Ranger. How are you? Hi, good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for having me. Um, it's a pleasure uh, to be back. <laughs> and I'm yeah. really excited to talk about Entity SEO today because I think it's so important. It is really the way that I think that a lot more SEOs should really be looking at how their websites work, why search engines um, are crawling, whether they crawl, how it ranks. I think there's just so much here to unpack that I'm really excited to get into it today. I remember our two episodes where you shared a lot of valuable insights, you know, you let me to the emergency room where I need to spend time, you know, <laughs> to consume all this information, all this data. Nick, before we start, just remind more about your business, about your methods of SEO. And can you tell our audience, because we have new students who are looking for ways how to learn modern SEO and they don't know where to start, what to do, because we have a lot of obsolete data, generic methods and experience how to find the right approach that's it's funny you should ask um i've just hired um my first employee down here at the melbourne office we've got a we've got a large team but <laughs> i'm the only one in melbourne until now um and one of the things that i think is really beneficial for for learning um learning seo is a um have a site that you have that's just sort of um your own site to be able to test your own theories try out new things um, and also just like even do experimentation. It can be great to even just set up your own tracking, all that other stuff. So doing, um, so DIY um, with your own sites is great, but to, um, I, I've actually really um, appreciated going through and reading more about um, like how search works. So um, a book that I would really, really uh, um, love to recommend um, is, um, uh, entity search by um, Carol Balzog, uh, sorry, Christian Balog, mm -hmm. and it is um, a phenomenal book. It really underpins a lot of the things I'll be talking about today, and it gives you a really, really great way of um, understanding like how uh, semantic search works, what information retrieval is, um, what natural language processing is, um, how database, how um, it, uh, search engines access databases. Um, and what it looks like on the landscape of the semantic web um, and how entities really play into all of those different pieces and um, connect into each other. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Yeah, I hit this book in the description if you are going to read this book because I love reading books. But, you know, it's interesting in my life, I didn't read any SEO books. I usually read marketing books. I love them. For example, mm -hmm. uh, Josh Sugarman wrote a book about uh, how to retain readers longer. And uh, he wrote this book like 40 years ago. But I can relate all this information to digital marketing, to SEO, because uh, I think uh, psychology is the same. People are the same, but technologies change. So we need to consider new technologies. And uh, Nick, I'm interested about Finding the right keywords. Can you tell? Because we usually start from uh, creating a list of keywords. And I see when webmasters uh, open SEMrush, Ahrefs, Moz, Ubersuggest, name them, uh, all these great tools, see high volume and think, wow, I want to get it. I want to uh, promote these keywords. But in the first stage, it's really hard. You know, you need to compete with big companies. 
big companies like for example if i take seo neil patel moss uh, uh, uber suggest uh, i don't know big companies in the top 10 results uh, in the second it doesn't mean that we can sell by having these keywords because uh, uh, if you sell SEO services, it doesn't mean that you can convert SEO uh, keyword, you know, to real customers. Can you tell how to find the right keywords, uh, especially by using tools that provide a lot of data, but how to find keywords that will sell in the end? Okay, so <clears throat> I think keyword tools are exceptionally useful for very specific types of um, tasks. Um, I think keyword tools like Samarash, Ahrefs, um, uh, Keyword Insights, a whole other host of keyword tools are very useful to get contacts for search volume if you don't already have pages, if you if you are trying to enter into the market and you're trying to get a bit of a, a bit of an idea of okay, well, what's um, what's the sort of market share that I could be able to um, to maybe even habitate um, to be able to work towards. Um, you know, starting to rank for those particular types of queries and terms. That's that's where I think tools are useful. But really, having Search Console set up on your site is probably the best way to be able to analyze um, like what is what is motivating people to click through to your website. Um, how many impressions um, do you actually get for certain keywords? What is your click through rate, and what is your average position? And the reason why I say this is because. <coughs> A lot of like learning to rank algorithms use click data as a way to be able to figure out whether or not where their tests um, um, in, in the search engine's results page when you're um, in position one or position three, 10, whatever. Um, <clears throat> they'll use this click data to confirm whether or not this test was a positive test or maybe they need to try it again or it's probably not the best um, result for users. So by having a look at your search console and seeing how many clicks they are um, actually achieving for your pages gives you a certain idea of actually the engagement for your posts. So having a look at that, trying to think about um, ways to be able to improve that on page is a really, really great way to start. And the thing, the thing that I really want to stress about the difference between using search console that maybe you don't necessarily like have an idea about search volume, I have seen, um, I have seen queries that are in search uh, console that have zero search volume in, in tools that have hundreds of thousands of impressions. Maybe to that not extreme, but they, they have a lot of impressions. And you're thinking like, okay, so a tool has, has surmised that this, this keyword, this query <coughs> um, has zero search volume. So that's zero searches on average per month in a particular country or region that you're um, hoping to break market in. But in Search Console, I might have 100,000 impressions. Impressions are like volume. <laughs> They're like few. Yeah. Um, Almost, yeah. Absolutely. So um, starting there and getting a sense of what is actually motivating people to click through, um, having a look at the types of queries that are actually populating a, a, about that is such a useful way. Um, <clears throat> and I don't want people to sort of like um, fall into the trap of really um, misinterpreting what these tools can be useful for because they are, are they're amazing. Um, Samrusha and Ahrefs and um, other SEO tools are really, really incredible um, for scoping new markets and, and maybe um, 
looking at what, uh, you know, how much attention that you might need um, to uh, to pay to the quality of, the, of those posts. Um, but really, it doesn't take away from Search Console, which is really the number one source of um, query information that you need to, to actually act upon. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. You know, yeah, I think uh, Google Search Console is a must have. It's my living tool. Uh, I think today I can use ChatGPT more often <laughs> than Google Search Console. By the way, we had two episodes before launching ChatGPT. <clears throat> today it's a hot topic, probably a regular tool. Uh, I don't know any writer offer who ignore chat GPT today or AI. I cooperate with many great offers who can write like for Bloomberg, uh, Forbes, uh, Search Engine Journal, and all of them use AI. Can you tell how to unite AI with uh, SEO entity? I mean, like how to uh use ai in the in the uh correct way because i see when people set up uh or ask uh, on chat gpt generic prompts like how to play guitar how to lose weight you know so so generic and they get generic answers so can you tell your methods how to write the right prompts and unite with uh, entity <laughs> okay um <clears throat> So I just want to make it abundantly clear that um, mm -hmm. ChatGPT um, completely hallucinates answers. And I really, mm -hmm. really want to make that clear right now. Um, <clears throat> that is a really, really important thing to remember when um, before you're doing work that um, you need to, to um, check the sources, you need to check um, the way that um, it might be even like a, a like retelling an answer because it's going to have a specific bias. Um, I think one of the great things about ChatGPT is that it will take your prompt and break it down into um, sections and be able to answer, um, um, you know, parts of that and include that into the answer. So it's almost confirming a potential bias that you may have about a topic. Um, say, for example, why is... Um, <laughs> Why are um, apple pies the best kinds of fruit pie? Um, it's going to basically confirm that answer. It might not be objective. It might not um, sort of maybe you know, build in empirical data. It won't do the same thing that a journalist will do, um, <clears throat> which is really the strength of how natural language processing works. There are some really, really key rules um, that like how um, that um, how Search engines uh, utilize natural language processing to be able to uh, uh, train their models to be able to understand and, under, and unpack um, how information is pulled together, how it's um, how facts within that information are sourced back to um, its own central point of truth, which is a, a really great um, way that uh, Dixon Jones likes to describe semantic SEO. Um, mm -hmm. <clears throat> by by like by searching and matching facts. Um, and really, this is around like uh, natural uh, uh, how natural um, sorry information retrieval <clears throat> um, uses uh, relevant information from a large collection of unstructured and semi-structured data, and that that um, unstructured and semi-structured data usually comes from a data database. 
um, store of all of this information in, um, in tables with predefined schemas. That is a database. And that's where all the, um, all the sources of truth about what it understands is sort of there to be able to be matched against. So natural language processing, that involves analyzing and understanding human language to enable the machines to be able to process and respond to it. So <clears throat> if we think about that, the semantic web is an extension of the World Wide Web that enables machines to understanding the meaning of web content. I'm starting to like really um, bring, bring the audience into this world, into this understanding um, of how um, we need to really be able to start to think about this in a lot more of a contextual way because using um, ChatGPT is really, really powerful. Um, and we're certainly using it here, um, you know, to be able to do specific types of, of, of tasks and, and queries for us, even build tools, which is a really, really exciting um, point in, um, you know, I, I guess a, a company's history because now we can be able to um, provide proof of concept before we go to developers to be able to build things. Um, it is really, really helping the brief process of being able to um, lay out structures and be able to um, uh, provide a lot more uh, a lot a lot more sufficient guidelines uh, for people. Um, I think that is incredibly uh, incredibly powerful. But I think um, what I'd like to maybe just even say, like with natural language processing, a lot of the rules that govern natural language processing. Um, which is really important for writers to be able to take into consideration if they're wanting to um, use these prompts to be able to um, basically train, the, uh, um, have their responses from these prompts come back. Um, having like a um, natural language processing involves the, the capturing of the meaning of the text that can be divided into really just three categories, low level processing, um, cement, segmentation tasks um, and um, linguistic annotations and end user applications. So low level processing and segmentation tasks, that includes the sentence breaking, the word segmentation, the stemming and the lemmatization. Um, so with these particular things, so say take, um, take a paragraph um, and within that paragraph, um, it will be, you've got different sentences that um, cooperate in that paragraph. Um, what a low level passing will do is starting to break that up. Um, we'll look at each of those words and start to segment them down. Um, it will be able to stem those words. So um, get the context of that word and the surrounding words. Um, and the limitization will be able to break that down into text, into small units, such as words and phrases to facilitate further analysis for um, mm -hmm. a natural language model. Linguistic mm -hmm. annotation, that includes the part of the speech tagging, the word sense disambiguation, um, named entity rec uh, recognition and disambiguation of that, the co-reference um, co resolution, temporal tagging, semantic role labeling, and the dependency of parsing. Um, I think um, a lot of these things, these annotations, they're really meant to yield deeper representations that are closer to the meaning 
that may be exploited into those real world applications. And then the end user applications refers to um, like certain different types of like um, natural language processing technology. Um, it can be able to have machine translation. It can be able to look at the sentiment analysis um, and um, like maybe even be able to be used um, in the way that ChatGPT will use them. So really, um, uh, natural language processing rules uh, involves um, a combination of those um, computational linguistic techniques. Um, and that's a really, really good way to be able to do that. Because in practice, what it looks like is just really good journalism, breaking things down into um, one, one sort of uh, idea per sentence. Um, is a really good way to do this um, by breaking up a, a paragraph into um, dot points. So um, having things where um, if you might have like a whole series of answers, instead of having that all in one paragraph, breaking that up into dot points and making it easier for machines to read, which also conversely makes it easier for people to understand and to read, um, and being able to not use uh, jargon uh, so lots of maybe <laughs> maybe not using words like um, uh, lemmatization or disambiguation, maybe breaking it down to simple things like just have one idea <laughs> per, mm -hmm. per sentence um, mm. and having it in a way that if you are uh, sort of, uh, you know, starting to talk about uh, things where you need to be a little bit more um, complex with your words um, to break them down and um, explain what it is, but explain it a little bit more simply, uh, uh, simply to be able to um, have a wider audience that can be able to understand that. All these things um, in, in practice really, really helps a reader to be able to follow what you're saying. Um, it helps machines to be able to understand um, the real core intent behind um, what you're writing, why you're writing it, and who you're writing it for. Yeah, and you know. I can feel that you reply uh, short, long answer, you know, <laughs> a lot mm -hmm. of explanations, you know, like I can write a case study, you know, in your answer. Okay, Rick, uh, I want to ask you about uh, uh, ranking factors. You know, uh, I found that if I ask 100 SEOs, I can get 100 different answers. And I found uh, that uh, usually uh, specialists... Uh, consider their strong sides, their experience. For example, if someone is good with uh, writing, they can tell you need to write great text. Uh, uh, if I ask a PR specialist, I can get reply. You need to earn authoritative PR backlinks. Uh, you have te technical optimization background. Can you tell from your experience where you pay more attention? For example, if you have limited resources, and all companies have limited resources. You can't uh, do everything. I mean, like to uh, create, uh, to write a lot of great articles, to earn backlinks, uh, to create uh, great design for your experience. So if you have limited resources, what would you do considering that resources are limited, but you want to get ranking in the end? Okay, I would um, think about um, what can I do to be able to train the model to understand who, um, who I am mm -hmm. and what I represent, um, which is a really, really great way to be able to start to build your brand um, and hopefully have your brand be associated as an entity. 
um, and really start to uh, have your brand be known for the the core service or product or um, topic that you want to be an authority for, um, which is being able to associate one entity with another entity and be able to create that new connection. That is, in essence, the core um, idea of what um, HD SEO is really designed to be able to uh, start to guide site owners and um, uh, your marketing teams to be able to do <laughs> doggies. <laughs> so I, um, when I when I when I think about like how to be able to do that, um, we understand there is a sense of quality um, around the the. Uh, around the, the posts that we create. We want to be able to look at maybe having um, frequency um, that is like, you know, how often uh, do we want to be able to release, um, you know, uh, like new posts to the web? Um, what is sustainable for us to do in the longer term? Um, what is the... Um, uh, I literally wrote all this down yesterday <laughs> but left my book at work. Um what is the way that we can be able to uh, work on the quality of, of those posts? Because um, um, if I if I had if I had like a small amount of, of budget, I would be designing a site in a way um, that is um, from a UX UI perspective very easy to be able to navigate. Um, so I would think about okay. Um, if I were to find a really, really deep uh, blog post on my site, how would I be able to find that the most, um, you know, the, 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 the easiest way? And I would start to like um, think about, okay, well, I wanna have um, menu links. I wanna have maybe um, faster navigation. I wanna have um, internal links. I wanna have a way to be able to start to, with the templates that I choose, um, how I'm going to be able to find things. Because if you're already starting there, it's going to make everything so much easier for you in the longer run. Because then you'll kind of need to do just that little bit um, less work maybe later um, fixing these these things and you'll have uh, less problems with orphan pages and all kinds of other things. Um, I would have um, maybe like a breadcrumb schema app um, uh, to be able to input um, and be able to bracket your, your site with um, particular breadcrumbs so that you can be able to find pages deeper. Um, that is a really, really great way to start. And so that's the kind of like um, way that you can start to have like your site work really, really hard for you as you're starting to add more content. Because um, adding more content is now starting to train the model to say like, okay, um, this is me as a person, I'm uh, that entity and I am writing content um, on my website and this is something and my topic might be um, I'm really into audio tools um, and my whole um, brand is about the information and the selling of audio um, uh, audio products so what is really important for me is to start to have a search engine understand that I, that's what I'm running about. So I might have some category pages about my audio products. Um, I might have um, product pages that detail the description of that. But then I'll have a blog that is used to be able to start to write information about my audio products. Um, there is a really, really good reason why a blog can be so impactful for for um, 
for site owners to be able to, to have as much um, really, really good topical relevant information about their product or service. And that's because Google has um, been developing since 2012 um, their own version of, um, of AI, which is mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> um, AI is really just taking um, the real world and being able to um, build, bring this into the digital, uh, uh, the digital landscape, if you will. Um, and that's by building out knowledge graphs. And knowledge graphs really are um, the understanding of how the world, uh, you know, how the world works and what um, relationships things have to other things, objects have to other objects, and so on and so forth. That is the way that, that um, the like a search engine understands the world. And that is um, that is a collection of information. So for us as site owners to be able to start to really train the models to be able to associate us um, with our particular topics, we can be able to um, start um, adding in this um, contextual information. Um, that crawler will um, come, it will understand who we are and start to um, associate us the best it can to what it understands <clears throat> our brain to represent. Yeah, so, yeah, got it. Yeah. yeah, so I would have a really, really good theme with um, a really good uh, internal link um, architecture, and I would have um, a ton of really, really good quality content um, at a pace that suits uh, me as an individual. Mm -hmm. Nice, nice. Nick, uh, in the beginning of our podcast, you mentioned about <clears throat> testing, experiments, uh, and um, I know it's not the same like if we test uh, paid marketing because we can get data almost immediately. We can analyze what to, to change, for example, content, marketing message. But can you tell how to do it in SEO? Because it takes time uh, to analyze uh, how Google will consider your content, uh, uh, rank higher or disrank, I don't know, or uh, how many sales it can bring. Can you tell your way how to test in SEO uh, considering entities? Okay. Um, so I'm just trying to unpack your questions. <laughs> um, so how, how to be able to test that? Um, I'll just, I'll just say like, you know, uh, the first part of that answer, because I think the second part is um, a little bit, more um, involved. Um, so the first part of how we are able to test this um, with u.algaroo.com, um, which is a tool that we've developed, we build um, click-through rate models with your search mm -hmm. console data. Um, and with this, we're able to be able to see um, what the click-through rate uh, would be on position one, position two, position three, position four, et cetera. Um, and this generally builds us like a nice little curve, um, which is a really great way so we can see how many queries um, are ranking uh, for um, each position, what its um, co uh, uh, its value is, um, and where we can be able to find opportunities by maybe um, isolating certain query types um, to be able to see what what kind of pages are in this band and what we can be able to do to be able to influence that click-through rate um, to, um, to be moved up in positions. So that's where a lot of our traffic growth will come from. And typically we will look at non-branded queries because that's a really great way to build your audience. Um, 
with these click-through rate models, we will um, be adding uh, the conversion rate and the transactional value. So now we've got um, a, a conservative way of being able to um, see what the intended revenue is for that particular, uh, for how many clicks that are, are being attributed. Because say, for example, um, you've got a certain click-through of, um, of 3% and you've got maybe a transactional value of um, say $26. So um, you know that 3% um, of, um, of all the sales, uh, all, the, all the clicks that, you, that may come through, um, and this is sort of like computationally added, um, you may be able to get um, for a certain amount of queries, um, an increase in that profit line if you're able to increase the, um, the ranking position of just one. So now we can be able to say like, okay, this is how much you're making right now, just with your existing data. If you were to um, do these specific actions where you're influencing the click-through rate, that you're increasing that, um, that ranking position by just one, this is how much money you could be making. And then we'll also do that if everything were to rank number one, to be able to showcase the threshold. So now you've mm -hmm. got like where you're, what you're making now, what um you what how much money you would make if you were just to rank one more position, and then what how much uh money you would rank if everything that you ranked for ranked number one. So you've got some idea yeah. of um a bandwidth of how much it's going to be, and now it becomes a um a cost by uh um by value kind of conversation because now you can say like all right. Um, we can maybe make um, from $26,000, um, uh, you know, what you're currently making. If you were to do this, you might make, um, you might make just under $100,000 if we were to, um, for these, these pool of queries, just rank one position above. So not even for everything, just for like a small uh, subset of queries, if you just rank one more, you might um, make, you know, just under a hundred thousand dollars, and that could be your new yield point. Mm -hmm. Because now the click-through rate, um, it might be at three percent, um, say at position uh, position uh, six, and if you were to rank position five, um, that click-through rate would actually look something a little bit more like, oh, it might be four point four percent. So it works almost by like that nice little index. And that's a really, really great way that we can be able to detect things and be able to um, have a look at priority lists of um, certain query types that we're wanting to go after to be able to optimize um, for these particular pages. Yeah, um, and that's how we that's how we um, that's how we project revenue. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you tell can you tell how is accurate this data? uh i understand it's estimation but uh because you know when i check out uh, different calculations of uh roi return on investment and uh, you know it depends in most cases you know on products on content so can you tell how is accurate and uh if it will be great if you can uh hit the link to the to your tool you know if it's accessible to anyone i'll uh, shut yeah, out sure. with my audience yeah, we've um, we've made this free, um, mm -hmm. so anyone Ooh, nice. can be able to I love go free. in and be <laughs> able to, to to demo it. Yeah, sure. <clears throat> uh, 
Um, well, as, as far as the accuracy is, it's as accurate as um, you need to make sure that the period of time is exactly the same. Um, and if you are doing, um, you have to consider like if you're doing this um, particularly on non-branded um, keyword terms, um, maybe in setting up the the, uh, the test, um, th um, I get the the conversion value and the transactional value. Um, I'll get that from analytics. Um, I'll get that from our conversion uh, uh, conversions that we've set up, you know, for our clients. And some of this will not. There won't be one to one to real life. <laughs> That's why we like to say that it's a nice conservative estimation of what you could um, potentially expect. Um, but typically, doing forecasting in SEO is a very, very tricky thing. Using um, the data that we have already learned um, with the amount of clicks that you're already getting from, um, uh, you know, to your pages by learning how um, um, what motivates clicks um, and by looking at, you know, how successful uh, you are right now with the conversion um, uh, you know, goals that you've set up, what your current conversion rate is, how much that transactional value, you know, at the end of the day, how much money that you're getting. So it might, you might even be able to work by a, a system of ratios and say like, okay, um, my analytics is reporting that I've uh, made $26 today. Um, but um, the real result, maybe I might have made um, $19 today. I mean, if your goals aren't reporting things correctly, I can't really speak to that, um, but it is a really, really great way that we've been able to use this um, when they have been set up um, uh, relatively well. Um, we have um, some, we have an idea of at least a ratio of the uh, of the value that that could be able to create for a client. Yeah, nice, nice, awesome, awesome, Nick. Uh, I have two questions left. And my common question about SEO mistakes. Now, in my life, I made a lot of mistakes. I keep doing them, but I don't know another way how to learn because I think everyone starts from uh, best practices, generic strategies, then we can adapt, find something else that will work for us. Uh, can you tell common mistakes in SEO that webmasters still do from your experience? and your tips how to avoid them as much as possible common mistakes yeah oh man um uh, see um i i don't really spend a lot of time uh with junior uh teams all mm -hmm. too much i think um the common mistake is um, making assumptions that mm -hmm. um, without actually doing any testing. Um, actually, no, I've, I've got a really good um, example. Um, the, the, the assumption was that these pages inherently didn't get any value towards the site um, so that they would just completely, um, they just decided to, to nuke them essentially. So they decided to like 410 a whole bunch of pages, um, not even redirect them because in their from their perspective, um, these pages didn't have um, wasn't generating traffic, wasn't generating keywords, um, 
uh, I don't think any consideration was ever really thought about this. It was just like, oh, these are old. Um, no one looks at these anymore. We're just going to um, sunset all of this. Um, uh, I sort of uh, said, hang on, wait a minute. Um, before we make any actions, particularly when um, expiring pages, um, the first thing that I want to be able to look at is historically what has been the traffic um, through to these pages. How many queries do they currently rank for? Are there any um, external links pointing to these pages that will be actually um, um, helped by uh, distributing the authority of your site? Um, and also, you know, be a, a, like, or maybe it's a topical pillar um, that you rank really well for um, that was starting to contextualize your site in a way that search engines could understand what you're talking about. <coughs> um, so <laughs> I did I did these checks. Um, I had a look at this, um, like, you know, how much traffic and keywords and backlinks are pointing to these pages. Um, <laughs> and all of these pages um, had tons of traffic. They had uh, tons of queries that were really valuable to them um, and tons of backlinks. And I think because these pages um, were written in another language, I also checked um, where this the traffic sources were coming from, and they were coming from um, uh, uh, from that particular country, which was very relevant to them. Um, accessing these pages um, and using them, from what I from what what I could tell from um, the behavioral. Uh, um, analytics around these pages so um, I kind of went back to them and I was saying like um, respectfully uh, I did some uh, a bit of risk mitigation for you just to sort of um, see what would the potential impact would be from a search perspective um, for these pages um, did you know that you had 27,000 clicks uh, you know going to these pages did you know that um, you have people actually converting from these pages. Did you know that, um, like, while it's all in, um, you know, a different language, uh, all the queries that you actually rank for are extremely relevant in that language. I had to translate them, but <clears throat> just to test this, but they were extremely relevant. Do you also know that you have um, nearly 11,000 backlinks pointing to all these pages? And some of these are from really, really good, credible sources. Um, you would be... Um, you would absolutely feel um, the ripple effect of um, removing these pages. Um, let's instead have a conversation of um, why you think that these pages don't have value and what we can be able to do to maybe um, improve on them um, or uh, create more tracking tools around this to be able to capitalize on this or even looking at some of these pages and improving them um, to 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 create more of that value that you feel like isn't there and i think that was um <clears throat> a really good example of how assumptions uh can really derail uh a, a site mm -hmm. yeah nice nice yeah i agree it's important to pay attention to <clears throat> monetization you know <laughs> to submitted call to action and track track all results and nick my final question about your experience, you know, uh, I, I found that I usually get high results with <coughs> customers who understand SEO. So if they understand, we can 
cooperate like a cohesive team to have uh, clear goals. But if they don't, I usually tell them, take my course, learn on YouTube, on Google, just get the basic. Nick, can you tell, if you started today from scratch, uh, what would you do today to learn more about modern NCO, considering that we have AI? Sure. Um, I would be looking at a lot of... Um... I would be asking myself, how does the search engine um, work? Um, how does it crawl information? Um, how does it um, how does it start to rank um, pages? Um, how does um, how does information retrieval work? Um, how does it access um, uh, huge corpuses of information? Um, how does it improve in the quality? Um, what does Google EEAT um, experience, expertise, authority, trust mean? Um, how does this play into um, its consideration? What, are what is natural language processing? What are the rules that govern it? Um, and um, what are entities, what is my, what am I um, to a search engine? Um, and I would use ChatGPT to maybe take some of um, this information and maybe start to um, work through this, and maybe start to help it help it um, explain these complex problems simply for me, so I can start to move my head around um, like how this works. Um, and I think that's a really really great way to be able to start. Um, I also think that um, Google Search Cons uh, Central Webmaster Blog is exceptionally useful to be able to um, like. Literally, this is the playbook of the rules that um, Google has published to be able to uh, say like how and why um, they want site owners to <clears throat> add information to the web, um, how they want it to be representative, um, how we can be able to build things um, more efficiently for their machines, um, and what are the kinds of rules that govern um, the way that it, it passes and understands um, inf uh, 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 information and, and uh, links. This is a really, really useful way um, to start to uh, uh, like unpack all of this. Um, I think with the advent of ChatGPT, it is <coughs> really, really useful as a way to be able to do things a lot faster, but don't take away from the quality of um, the work. Um, yeah. Don't take away from um, the. Uh, always keep in mind that ChatGPT is here and is um, hallucinating answers. So always keep that in mind. So um, I would actually have uh, maybe, maybe uh, you know, find people that are maybe uh, like I, like I've got I've got a large bandwidth of friends um, because it is not reasonable for me to test everything um you know to be able to like you know have a, a community of people to be able to say like hey um i added all this content um i think i'm doing a great job um and i've helped uh i've, I've tried to improve the quality but it's not getting traction yet what am i not doing what is something that i may have missed um and i think just by having like a community of people to really um uh, be able to check in with is a really great way just to have like just a little bit of a humanness, a realness, um, and a objectiveness 
when um, evaluating uh, like how to be able to scale um, your efforts so they actually have some traction. Uh, you know, I love it. I love it. <laughs> you you share a checklist. It's not like a few tips, a checklist, you know. <laughs> I need to uh, to listen again this checklist, you know, to note all of these points. And Nick, it's a big pleasure to get on my show again. You know, I love learning from you. You always share valuable insights. You're so kind to share value. Tell our audience the best way how to keep learning from you, how to reach out to you, how to follow you. Yeah, sure. Um, so I'm on Twitter and I'm on LinkedIn. Um, and you can visit us at uh, <clears throat> Um So that's D-E-J-A-N or Dayan, uh, which is actually the correct way to pronounce it. Um, or you can find me uh, at Nick Ranger SEO on Twitter. And that's probably the best way. Nice. Guys. Thank you, you so much for your links. time. Yeah, guys, you can find the links to Twitter, LinkedIn, and to the website in the description below, Apple, Google, Spotify. Thanks again for your time. Love it, Nick. You're, you are so kind you know, to share all these valuable insights. I love learning, love learning. Okay, guys, love you. See you.